0: DFS MVP, Holden Kusher, alongside our director of DFS, TJ Hernandez. TJ, thank you so much for busting out the far side. Week number 19. Yeah, man, I think this is the third or fourth week in a row, coincidentally,
1: that we stayed in the year 1992. Uh, that was passing me by from the far side from their 1992 album, Bizarre Ride to the Far Side. Uh, you can find that on the DFS MVP Spotify playlist If you just search DFS MVP on Spotify, or if you go to my Twitter and we tweet out the podcast link, we usually have a link to the Spotify playlist there as well. All
0: right, very good. We got divisional round weekend, game-by-game breakdowns Mm -hmm. for uh, this week in DFS. There's only two slates left. I guess you could play the Super Bowl, too, but... uh... As far as multi-game slates, this is where it's coming down to. So we got three games here, TJ. We actually have some game totals that might surpass, what, 43, 44 points? I mean, that weekend was brutal for offense. Yeah, this should Uh, be
1: a little more fun this week. I mean, outside of, like, Allen Robinson and, and Kiki Cutie, there wasn't really much scoring to be had. It was it was pretty flat. It was basically like, did you dodge the landmines, not did you uh, hit the home runs? I think this week it'll probably be a little opposite. You'll uh, I think you're going to have to hit the home runs this week.
0: All right, very good. And we start with Kansas City, five-and-a-half-point favorites against the Colts. Uh, what do we got here uh, with the Chiefs? I mean, Patrick Mahomes going home. Big, a lot of pressure. Listen, this whole franchise, they just can't win in the playoffs, but Mahomes doesn't know anything about that yet. Your thoughts on, on Pat Mahomes heading into this, one of the whole Kansas City passing offense. Yeah,
1: both of these passing offenses, really. I mean, it's this is going to be the game that that's definitely going to be the most popular. It's going to have the most popular quarterbacks of the week the most popular pass catchers. This is where everybody's going to be looking to game stack. Um, so I, I think what a lot of people think about when they're going into short slates like this is, are a couple of things. How do you get uh, unique plays in game stacks like this? One thing that, that I think about is this is where I'm, I'm getting games like this, not, not just this game, but games like this. This is where I'm getting my, uh, my cheap plays. I'm not going to something like a third wide receiver on the Eagles this week. I'm I'd rather go to this, the second or third options in these offenses when I'm looking for cheap core plays. So uh, just keep that in mind when you're building your lineups. But uh, Pat Mahomes, he's, despite being the most expensive quarterback on both sites, $9,000 on FanDuel, $7,000 on DraftKings. We still have Mahomes uh, projected as the top value at his positions on both sites. He has a, a median projection on 4 for 4 that at least three points higher uh, than any other quarterback. I I don't think this is going to matter much, but it is worth noting that uh, the Colts... Did finish the season pretty strong uh, on defense. They finished in the top ten fantasy points per pass attempt uh, allowed over the final six weeks. And last week they held Deshaun Watson to 19 fantasy points, and that included 76 yards on the ground. So as far as how their their defense performed against Watson, uh, preventing the pass, they did a very good job. But again, I I don't think that will matter much against Mahomes and this uh, this great passing attack this week.
0: All right, so Kelsey's stands out more than any other tight end. You're gonna have to pay up for him. Mm-hmm. Seventy five hundred FanDuel and uh what is it, seven K on DK and just to get back to Mahomes, nine thousand on FanDuel, seven K on DK. But uh, Kelsey with uh the amazing talent, the great quarterback and a great matchup as well. You got Tyreek Hill, who I, I really do wonder how far away from hundred percent or even mm-hmm. feeling uh, healthy enough to not have it hinder his performance, how far away is he? Maybe he breaks out again this week, and then Conley and Robinson so some of the receiving options there t j yeah so the
1: the thing that people are going to be managing at least when it comes to uh to the top of this passing attack is. A lot of the decisions are probably going to be either or Kelsey or Hill, just because they're both so expensive. People are going to want to pair them up with Mahomes. Uh, as as far as the value, we have Travis Kelsey as the top. Uh, pass catcher in terms of value on FanDuel this week against a Colts defense that ranks 31st in schedule-adjusted fantasy points allowed to tight ends. On DraftKings, we have Tyreek Hill as a slightly better value. Uh, so take that into account depending on what sites you're playing on, uh, where where those values are between these two pass catchers. And one thing I actually forgot to mention last week, and, and uh, we keep this in mind as we go through the podcast this week, is that FanDuel is actually doing their main slate uh, – the Saturday only and Sunday only are their two main slates whereas on DraftKings uh their main slate is the two game slate which I think is interesting obviously if you're looking for um for the bigger prizes uh that you want to uh keep in mind where you're playing there but uh but for this matter here um though those values still remain the same across whether you're playing the full slate or the one day slate on FanDuel the prices are are pretty similar uh it it is worth noting for for Tyreek Hill specifically the Colts rank in the top five in schedule-adjusted fantasy points allowed to wide receivers, but Tyreek Hill should spend a, a fair amount of time. He moves around a lot, but he will be lined up quite a bit against Pierre Desir, who over the the last six weeks of the season, bottom five in yards per target allowed among quarterbacks in action this week. So that should be a good matchup for him if he is um, if he is completely healthy. But uh, whereas Travis Kelsey is is the clear top tight end on on the slate uh Tyreek has a little bit of competition because we got Michael Thomas at similar price point T.Y. Hilton a little bit cheaper so I don't think Tyreek Hill is is uh necessarily a lock this week
0: hmm all right very good uh we move on to Indianapolis Andrew Luck um he's back I I mean he's throwing he's getting the ball downfield a little bit as opposed to none at the beginning of the season He's got a terrific matchup coming up this week, and Andrew Luck, 8,500 on FanDuel, 6,200 on DraftKings. Uh, He's going to be another popular play, isn't
1: he? Definitely. These will be the two on quarterbacks uh, of the week. Before we jump to Indianapolis, I, I, I should note that uh, Sammy Watkins is still limited in practice, so if you're looking for the the, the lowish owned play uh, in that Chiefs offense, I think Chris Conley, he's the only pass catcher uh, besides Kelsey and Tyreek to average at least four targets per game down the stretch. Demarcus Robinson, he did play two-thirds of the snaps with Watkins out, and he scored in each of the final three games. So Conley is, is – I, I think he'll draw some ownership. Demarcus Robinson is the dart throw in that offense if um, – if Watkins ends up being out, obviously Watkins is a boomer bus play <clears throat> if he, if he is active, but, uh, but, but Chris Conley and DeMarcus Robinson, you could, that's, that's going to be a way to get some, uh, some low owned uh, options in this offense. But moving on to Andrew Luck, 8,500 on FanDuel, 6,200 on DraftKings. He has the best on paper matchup. Kansas City ranks 29th in uh, adjusted fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks. Like, like you mentioned, Mahomes is going to be the highest-owned quarterback of the slate. Luck should be the second-highest-owned quarterback just because this game has a over-under of 57. The spread is only 5.5. So, again, you're not going to... Just go luck T.Y. Hilton and then like Kelsey and that you're not going to get any type of uh, ownership relief by doing that You're gonna have to go uh, a a little deeper there But uh, this is definitely going to be the game to stack both of these teams top five in neutral passing rate over the final six weeks and as far as Lux top values go uh, Eric Ebron Projects as the top pass catching value on FanDuel, but he and T.Y. Hilton are uh, valued very similarly on four for four, whereas on DraftKings, T.Y. Hilton has a pretty big advantage in terms of our, our projected
0: value there. All right, so Ebron's sitting right up there. He is a, uh, he's going to be highly owned at tight end too, just like Kelsey. So you got Chester Rogers, 5,100 FanDuel, 3,700 DraftKings, and as you wrote here, you told me it's he out targeted Edmund mm-hmm. last week, and Edmonds at sixty two hundred Fanduel, forty eight hundred uh, on DraftKings. Those two. Is there any other pass catching option you would consider? Indianapolis.
1: No, but between those two guys, I, I do believe that the public is still going to be on Inman just because Inman did play more snaps down the stretch, did see slightly more targets. Uh, but like you mentioned, Chester Rogers did out-target Inman last week. And from week 13 on, the slot-wide receiver led their team in yards against the Chiefs in every game except for one. And the only game that that didn't happen is when Keenan Allen was out in week 15. Jordy had at least nine catches and 78 yards twice against the Chiefs down the stretch playing from the slot. Doug Baldwin, the primary slot man for the Seahawks, had his highest catch and yardage total uh, of the season uh, against the Chiefs. Willie Sneed, the slot man for uh, the Ravens, went five for 61 against the Chiefs and in the Ravens' offense, that's like a 200-yard game. So that we have to like multiply that by like three to to get it on par with um, with a real passing offense. So we have Chester Chester Rogers is cheaper than Inman on both sides, and we have him projected for uh, for about half the ownership as Inman. But uh, if we look at the the floor and ceiling ownership projections. There's a chance where, where Emmitt could be five to six times uh, as popular as Rodgers, but I really like Rodgers as as the cheap play in this offense this week.
0: All, All right. right, so let's move on to the running games in the Kansas City-Indianapolis game. you got Damian Williams, mm-hmm. uh, Spencer Ware, and, of course, we're going to need to go over Naim Hines and uh, Marlon Mack. Mack blew up, and, and Hines kind of blew up in a lot of our faces, but uh, let's start with the Chiefs here. Damian Williams, 6,100. FanDuel 5,100 DraftKings And then Ware is more on FanDuel At 6,500 and uh, way less On DraftKings at 4,500 So this is actually a, a pretty
1: Interesting situation because At first glance Damian Williams is, is going to look like the the Core cheap running back play 6,100 on FanDuel 5,100 on DraftKings We have him projected as a Top three overall value on, on both Slates so as far as core plays goes Or if I'm playing 50-50s or double ups uh, I, I think Williams is a core play for me and probably will be one of the highest on players of the week. But even with Spencer Ware out in week 17, Kansas City still didn't give Damian Williams a, a full workload. Daryl Williams actually saw 11 carries matching uh, Damian Williams' total. So Spencer Ware practicing this week, 6,500 Fandle, 4,500 DraftKings. He's especially interesting for me on Fandle because he's priced above Damian Williams. If if the Chiefs decide to go running back by committee here, which I think is very much in play with the active Spencer Ware, Spencer Ware could end up being the best leverage play of the week. Because I I do think a lot of people will just plug in Williams and assume he's penciled in as, as that primary guy. Um, but if they go 50 50 and Spencer Ware ends up getting the touchdowns in this shootout, he could be a, a, a pretty low on play in this offense that, uh, that people just aren't on. So he's, He's definitely in my player pool this week.
0: All right, then we got Marlon Mack, seventy four hundred FanDuel and fifty eight hundred DK. Naim Hines, fifty two hundred on FanDuel, so twenty two hundred less and then thirty three hundred on DK, twenty five hundred dollars less than Marlon Mack. Um, not gonna say it's a similar situation as Kansas City, but there's similarities that um, a lot of people are gonna be on one back and the other one they're gonna be scared away from. Sure
1: and and this is another one that it's People are, are really going to shy away from Hines because of, of recency bias. Marlon Mack, one of his biggest games of, of the year last week, uh, three of his last four games has just been dominant. But a lot of that last week was due to game script. Colts got up, I believe it was 21 uh, and and they – obviously didn't need Heinz in that passing game this is going to be a different situation obviously we're expecting a, a shootout here uh I, we do expect the Colts to be behind and and Heinz should get back to that like we mentioned last week down the stretch he was uh five five plus targets per game I believe over the last four uh games of the season I would expect that workload to get back to that in in a game where they're not going to have that crazy positive game script that they did last week. So I'm going back to the well on Hines. Marlon Mack, 7,400 FanDuel, 5,800 DraftKings is still a core play against a Kansas City defense that really struggles against the run. One of the worst defensive lines in terms of uh, adjusted line yards allowed this season. But in my tournaments, if I'm looking for again, if I'm especially if I'm game stacking this game and I'm looking for a low and play, I'm going back to the Hines well. Kansas City allowed the fifth most receiving yards to running backs this season.
0: All right, and then the uh, defenses here, I mean, y- you tell me. <laughs> Nobody's going to be owning no. them, and if you do it, it's for salary relief, it's, right? It
1: is for salary relief, but you got to remember, these. like I mentioned earlier when we we're talking about why people are going to be stacking this game, it's not only because of uh, the high projected point total, but – these were two of the most pass-heavy teams in the league, especially down the stretch. And when we have that situation, we have a uh, a situation where both defenses had a, a lot of opportunities for sacks and turnovers. And with, with a lot of passing going back and forth, one thing people often fail to do when they look at these high game totals is uh, take into account where points can come from besides the offense. Just because one team's project, projected for thirty two and the other projected for twenty six that doesn't mean all of those points are are projected necessarily just from the offense with with these two offenses throwing so much there's something to be said to to have some exposure to these defenses just because there's going to be a lot of opportunities here we've seen it so many times, not just this season but just in d f s in general you don't have to be a defense that keeps your opponent from scoring to have a big fantasy day uh the The Colts are especially interesting this is. This is Mahomes' first playoff game. Colts are only twenty-one hundred on DraftKings on four for four. They have our highest leverage score uh, relative to their to their ownership. So basically, four for four is suggesting that based on their price and their their potential for scoring, we should be the most overweight on the Colts. So even if that only means seven to 10% of your lineups where they might be 3% owned or, or even lower uh, having a couple bullets with the Colts is, is something that a lot of people aren't going to do. And you're, you're getting a, like I said, a quarterback in his first playoff game on a team that throws a lot. There's potential for a pick six there.
0: All right, let's move on to the Rams and the Cowboys Rams seven point favorites. As we tape this show uh late Wednesday or even Thursday morning, uh, depending on where you're listening, uh, it's, it's got to be uh, a little debate here about Dak Prescott mm-hmm. and Jared Goff, and if you're going to go with the quarterback, which one really stands out to you. But I thought you know, the Hall of Famer, Gil Brandt, came up. He said the first 11 weeks of the season, Jared Goff was the third highest rated passer and Dak Prescott was 23rd. And in the final six weeks, Prescott is the fourth highest mm-hmm. rated passer and Goff is 25th it's just they've been a complete role yep. reversal for the two quarterbacks in that standpoint. And I think a lot of it has to do with Gurley, to tell you the truth, and his his lack of Definitely
1: health. we've seen we've seen a shift from both of these teams and and even just from a matchup standpoint, uh kind of kind of builds on what you said. The Rams, they finished 23rd in schedule adjusted fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks. Dallas finished 10th. Uh and then while as Dak Prescott improved as a passer Dallas gave them gave him a little bit more leash Dallas was top 10 in neutral passing rate over the final 6 weeks of the season so Dak Prescott is actually our quarterback with the highest leverage score at his position on both sides so that that doesn't mean you you need to have Dak as your highest on quarterback but be the most overweight on him so whereas the, the Mahomes and the Lux might push 20, 30% ownership. Uh, you're you're going to need a lot more shares to be overweight on them. Dak, he could easily come in sub 10% ownership. So if you have him in 10 out of 100 lineups, you might be way overweight on the field. So 7,800 FanDuel, 5,200 DraftKings. I actually like Dak Prescott uh, over Jared Goff in this spot here.
0: You like Prescott over uh, Jared Goff. I think that's that's way I'm leaning as well. Um, then the passing mm-hmm. games. I mean, you look at the elite options that the uh, the Rams and the Cowboys have. I guess with the Rams, Robert Woods, highest price seventy seven hundred on Fanduel, also fifty nine hundred on DK. Uh, I know you like, I know you like him as far as wide receiver values. Brandon Cooks, Josh Reynolds, Gerald Everett. I think Josh Reynolds is going to be a very popular play this week. I think
1: Josh Reynolds will probably be one of the most popular cheap pass-catching options just because we don't have um – we don't have a a lot of of cheap guys with a floor, at least at the wide receiver position this week. Reynolds uh, seven plus targets in three of his final four games. Fifty six hundred Fandle, forty five hundred DraftKings. So he's going to be a core play for me, and it's it's a little bit counterintuitive because you would think if I if I like the Rams' pass catchers, I should like Goff. But the the reason I really like Robert Woods and Brandon Cooks is because especially on DraftKings, they're they're really affordable. Fifty nine hundred on DraftKings for Woods, uh, fifty six hundred. On DraftKings for Cooks, so the the reason I like that there is because they have a target floor and they're relatively inexpensive. Uh, on on Fanduel, they're more of pivot plays. Seven thousand seven hundred for Woods on Fanduel, seventy five hundred for Cooks on on DraftKings. So pivot off some of the guys like the Tyrekes, um, like the T Y Hiltons. But uh, but going back to DraftKings, that cheap salary it gives you a floor when you're targeting some expensive players at the other position. If you want to get uh, a Gurley and a Zeke team, or maybe a, a Zeke and a uh, Patrick Mahomes team, Woods and Cooks give you the floor to be able to do that. If assuming you're just looking for a floor in a, a cash game or something like that.
0: Yeah, and then on the Cowboys side, Cole Beasley. Mm-hmm. In week 17, he was out there, his ankle was bothering him, uh, stayed in the game. Last week, ankle was bothering him, ended up coming out of the game for a bit. I think it'll be a, it's, a, it's a real risky play for Cole be- Beasley at this point, given his health and his ankle. He's 5,400 on FanDuel, 3,700 on DraftKings. And then you got Blake Jarwin, Amari Cooper, a couple of the other options, in that Cowboys passing game. If, if we
1: look at the GPP leverage scores on on four for four, uh, the only Cowboys that that have a leverage score above one, in other words, that we think you should be overweight on, are the big three: so uh, Dak, Amari, and um, and and Zeke. But. If if you're looking for a way to get some uh, a, a cheap guy that has a, a pretty wide range of outcomes, or for whatever reason you want to get some low ownership to this game, I, I, this isn't a game that I'm I'm looking to go heavy on a game stack. But if you do have one or two of those game stacks, I I, I think Cole Beasley is the guy to target here uh, because of how the the ramps performed against slot receivers. Uh, down the stretch one of the bottom teams over the final six weeks in terms of yards per target allowed to players in the slot and that also translates to Blake Jarwin who saw 61 percent of his targets down the stretch uh coming from the slot so so those guys they 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 can take advantage of that matchup against the Rams in the slot but again not core plays not guys that I'm necessarily going to be way overweight on uh but but there are a couple cheap plays Cole Beasley is he's going to be a cheap player in my player pool over some some of these other cheap plays like I said on guys, on teams like like the eagles or something like that.
0: Right, TJ, anybody else in the Rams passing game? You uh, I think to?
1: it's worth mentioning Gerald Everett, uh, 4800 on Fandle, $2,700 on DraftKings. I already mentioned Blake Jarwin as a tight end option in this game. Uh, again, like like pretty much every week, not even just on a short slate, we don't have a, a ton of tight end options. Uh, Everett's probably my favorite dart throw in this game, six-plus targets in three of his final four games. And, and again, if you uh, – if, if the, the – Big guys don't score the Ertz or the Ebrons or the, the Kelseys don't get a touchdown. You get that touchdown variance from one cheap guy, it could, uh, it could swing an entire slate.
0: All right, then we got the running games. Uh, the two mm-hmm. big-name backs going head-to-head here, Ezekiel Elliott, 8,800 FanDuel, 8,200 DK. Todd Gurley, 9,200 FanDuel, 8,000 DK. Do you prefer one over the other?
1: Uh, definitely prefer Zeke. FanDuel, you're getting a $400 discount compared to Gurley, so really like him over Gurley there. Uh, Zeke just has an unmatched workload. Todd Gurley, it sounds like he's he's going to, to be ready to go. Uh, if he is active, I... I I don't expect that he has any kind of significant timeshare with C.J. Anderson, though uh, it is an outside possibility that maybe instead of the, the 80 to 90% of snaps, maybe he's down to like 65%. So so that's a factor. But these two guys will be the highest owned players of the week, or at least they should be. I, th- I think the biggest decision is... Do you want to play them together, which is possible on, on both sides? Uh, you mm-hmm. can jam in both of these guys. And I, I think that's an interesting dynamic because if you do jam Zeke and Girly together, it's going to be hard to get to the studs in the, the chiefs and the Colts game. So that's going to be the big decision point for me. I, I think my, um, my, my, General strategy, especially when it comes To the game stacks, I'm, I'm going to stack other Games and leave Zeke and Gurley Separate, uh, but I definitely will have A percentage of my teams where I put them both Together just because it's, it's, it's Something that is, is kind of obvious But I don't think that many people Are going to want to spend that much salary on those two
0: I mean, when you put those guys in a lineup You're expecting each of them to get At least 30 points, right? Exactly. It's, it's yeah. Minimum, like a floor Of 60 out of those guys that you're going to put them both In the same lineup
1: Right, so people people will be, uh, Gurley's situation coming off the injury, I do think people will be a little bit scared off by it. We have him projected for slightly lower ownership than Zeke on both sides, but again, I, I do think both of these guys will draw the highest ownership. Uh, again, Gurley's active, coming off uh, a couple weeks rest, so um, it's there, there's a little bit of risk there, but uh, if, if his ownership is lower than we think, it's just people are overthinking it, I think.
0: All right, then we got the defenses Cowboys uh going up against this Rams offense but Aaron Donald against the mm-hmm. Cowboys. That's what I'm saying. It's the Rams, man. 5000 on FanDuel, 3 3k on DK. Uh
1: 3300 on DK, 3, but they yeah, the Rams are they're, they're they're actually relative to the other teams pretty expensive on DraftKings. We actually have them re- pretty low when it comes to uh projected value, but again, that's just based on a median salary. If you're if you're rolling out girly lineups, you it, it would it would be foolish not to have some stacks with Gurley in the Rams' defense. Uh, you mentioned that pass rush. Cowboys allow the highest adjusted sack rate of the remaining teams in the playoffs. So Rams, as a big favorite uh, at home against that offensive line, definitely want uh, a good amount of exposure to them. If I mentioned last week you, there are some spots to where you want to target underdogs and, and, and plant your flag on one
0: of these non-popular defenses. I don't think this is the spot. All right, we are uh, right here at the end of the season, but we have still partnered up with DraftKings, bringing any of our 444 4 memberships for free, as uh, you know. DraftKings still has the uh, playoff tournaments. It's terrific, and 50-50s and everything else you need. Um, go to 444.com, uh, actually 444 backslash DraftKings, and follow the instructions. Get our most accurate rankings, lineup generator, optimal lineups, all the stuff for 5 bucks. Then you can enter in more contests and win some more, potentially. So we're excited to be partnered up here with DraftKings. Go to 4for4.com backslash DraftKings and follow the instructions. So, TJ, we did the Saturday games. Let's come up to the Sunday games now. You got your normal 1 o'clock and 4.30 Eastern time start. So we're going to start with New England, four-point favorites against the L.A. Chargers. Phil Rivers, what is it, 0-7 against Tom Brady? Please, Phil Rivers. Again, I, I am in a very unpopular opinion here in Denver. I love Phil Rivers. I think this guy is a future Hall of Famer. They don't like him much around here. Dude's a stud. You know what? I'm, and
1: I'm I'm of the unpopular opinion that I actually don't have a problem with the Patriots. A lot of people hate the dynasty. I've, I've enjoyed watching this run. Um, and as a as an ex Raiders fan, it's very hard to root for the Chargers. But uh, but I'm rooting for Rivers, man. Just because I've always liked him as a player, and 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 he he deserves one. I think. But uh, from a fantasy perspective. This is probably the, the least exciting game of the slate uh, The lowest total 47 total points the spreads just four. both defenses here uh, finished the season top 10 and, and schedule adjusted fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks. The most obvious matchup is the the Chargers defense against running backs has really struggled this year But for fantasy purposes, we have a, a three-headed monster in New England. So um, outside of the studs not a lot to get excited about. I'm not going to be way overweight on anybody. Tom Brady, 8,300 Fandle, 5,600 DraftKings. Philip Rivers, 7,600 Fandle, 5,700 DraftKings. They both project as our bottom two values at quarterback at the positions on both sites. Both of these guys should draw ownership below 10%. Uh, four for four leverage scores suggest being overweight on Brady on both sides. So you don't have to have a ton of shares to to follow that suggestion. Twelve to fifteen percent should be plenty. Uh, but I, I don't think you need to if if you're somebody that's only running out ten or twenty lineups, it's going to be hard to to manage that um, very specifically and have that twelve to fifteen percent. But uh, if there is one guy here, the the numbers are pointing toward Brady over Rivers.
0: Uh, if you believe in angry Tom Brady, then you think he's going to have a big game because mm-hmm. every game from him, for him from here on out is a referendum on whether or not he has it anymore or not. And that's it. Like he knows that yeah. he knows the critics are out there. So if you're an angry Tom Brady guy and you think that's a strategy that you'd like to go <laughs> with, it's worked quite a few times, but angry Tom Brady, man. Angry yeah. Tom and, Brady. and
1: if you're, if you're going with angry Tom, you got to go with uh you got to go with some Julian Edelman. He's if they're, He's probably the most obvious play and, and probably the only high-owned core play in this game that, that I have. 7,700 Fanduel, 6,300 on DraftKings. We have him as a, a top two non-running back value on Fanduel. We have him as our top non-running back value on DraftKings. Uh, over the final six weeks of the season, Edelman's seventh in target share among all players. The Chargers rank fourth in schedule-adjusted fantasy points allowed to the wide receiver position, but they were below average versus the slot, so that obviously uh, benefits Edelman there. All of the other pass catchers really dart throws at this point. Um, Chris Hogan stands out just because over the final couple weeks, his snap share spiked uh, over 80% in Week 16, over 90% in Week 17. So on these really short slates, a lot of times you're – you aren't going to be able to find the metrics, the matchup, the targets, um, but Hogan snaps have been very high, so he's he's at least worth uh, worth a look if you're looking for dart throws here.
0: Do you feel comfortable with any of the Chargers' pass catchers outside of Keenan Allen?
1: I I, I really don't. Uh, the the. Patriots secondary has really clamped down, especially on the outside. A lot of that has to do with Stefan Gilmore over the final six weeks of the season, fewest yards per target allowed among all of the corners in action this week. Uh, Really, the only spot to attack them has been Jason McCourty, nine point five yards per target over the final six weeks. That's fourth most among this week's corners, and obviously that's going to benefit Keenan Allen in the slot. Seventy three hundred Fandles, sixty four hundred DraftKings. All the other guys they're strictly dart throws, like I mentioned earlier. You don't on these short slates. You don't have to just go low on guy and try to uh, try to cover all your bases. If if I am going for cheap core players in the passing games, it's outside of this game.
0: All right, very good. Um running games, Melvin Gordon doesn't look like he he's the Melvin Gordon that we saw for most of the regular season. Um James White, you know, especially on draftKings at 4900, the running games. You like any of these guys?
1: Besides the players that we we just mentioned in the passing game, Melvin Gordon is the only player with a leverage score above one on both sides, so the only player that 4-for-4 four four thinks he should be overweight on in on the full slate. James White, the only player on DraftKings besides the, those are four mission guys with a leverage score above one. Uh, Melvin Gordon, 7,500 Vandals, 6,200 on DraftKings. That's so cheap for Melvin Gordon, and listen, it's I said something similar last week he fell into the end zone and had a decent game didn't break the slate But you're getting a low owned 20 touch guy from Gordon at a very low ownership We have five running backs on this short slate projected for a higher ownership than Gordon He can easily be the number two running back this week behind Zeke in terms of total touches We've seen Gurley, even healthy uh, Come in well under 20 touches down the stretch this year Gordon last week saw it was it was a tough game. He didn't do a lot with it, but he did see 17 touches. It's in in a, a better matchup. And obviously, I mean, with the spread this close, the, the Chargers could pull off the upset. Uh, 20 touches is still really well within the outcome of four Gordon. So I'm going to have a fair share of Melvin Gordon um, in, in this game or in this slate. On the other side, the Chargers, they've allowed the most receiving yards to running backs this season, so James White definitely in play on DraftKings, priced way down at 4900 his I don't get his salary on Fanduel, $7,500 on Fanduel. the same price as Melvin Gordon, priced near some of those top guys. I don't see how you can touch James White on Fanduel If you are playing the, the main slate on Fanduel, which, again, is, is their main slate this week is just the one-day slates, uh, Sonny Michel has to be in play because the Patriots are favorites. Uh, only 6,600 on FanDuel, and he, even though it is a three-headed monster in, in their backfield, he is their primary uh, ball carrier. And as favorite, you're, you're hoping for some game script. We, we don't really have, outside of Gordon, everyone else is running back by committee on that Sunday slate, so Sony Michel is definitely in play as a core player. Yep,
0: and he's obviously touchdown dependent, so you know, you're looking at FanDuel there. He's only scored in one of his last five games, but he's yeah. getting the workload.
1: The good thing for him is he is, if, if we look at the final month of the season, he is near the top uh, in terms of, of carries inside the 10-yard line. Just didn't convert many of those. So there there has been opportunity for him to score. He just hasn't got it All done. All right,
0: defense, either one of these sides. We don't think maybe it's a high-scoring game. You like either defense, forces, turnovers, getting sacks?
1: Actually counterintuitive here because a lot of people are going to look at this, say it's lowest over-under the, of the week. These are the defenses that we should be targeting. I disagree. These are actually my least two favorite defenses of the week uh, outside of of the Eagles. New England just doesn't get after the quarterback very well. And the Patriots, they just don't allow fantasy points to opposing defenses. Uh, Again, I I mentioned both of these passing defenses played pretty well. Both these offenses are pretty versatile. I don't know if we see that many pass attempts in this game relative to the other games. We'll
0: be waiting for this one time for new Orleans and Philadelphia Saints, eight-point favorites at home. Uh, Looking at a game total a little over 50, 50 and a half. I still think that thing's going to push up a little bit again. But Drew Brees, 8,800 FanDuel, 6,700 DraftKings. And then Nick Foles, 7,700 on FanDuel, 5,400 on DraftKings. You just keep doubting Nick Foles. At least I did last week. Uh, Very minimal exposure there. And, of course, Drew Brees sitting there at home. Uh, Nick Foles seventy seven hundred Fandle, fifty four hundred on
1: DraftKings. After Dak Prescott, he has the ha- highest leverage score among quarterbacks on both sites. Now, obviously, that has to do with we have him projected as the lowest on quarterback of the week. But when you're when you're looking at these short slates, you're you're looking at how can I leverage the field? It's really hard to do that with individual players on slates like this. That pretty much everybody in play. Very few players are going to draw very low ownership, but. One thing you can do to leverage the field that not a lot of people are going to have, and this obviously works a lot more if you're, if you're max entering playing 50 to 150 lineups, but the most popular game stack is going to be the Colts and the Chiefs. If you have more game stacks with the Saints-Eagles game or at least an equal number of game stacks, you, I think you already have a, a pretty good chance to leverage the field because uh, because this game, there, there's a lot of value here, and, and both of these quarterbacks, I think, are very much in play. Obviously, Drew Brees, uh, top quarterback value on, on the Sunday-only slate, really good value on DraftKings on the full slate against a Philly defense ranked 24th in schedule-adjusted fantasy points allowed to the position, but, uh, but I, I like stacking this game a lot. Do you like this stack or the Colts-Chiefs more? Um, from an ownership perspective, I like this deck and, and I think there are at least as many, uh, value plays, especially on, on the, the Colts side, I'm sorry, on the Saints side as there are in that Colts and Chiefs game. I think a lot of people are going to be looking to the cheap for their cheap wide receivers, especially on the full slate. They're going to be looking for the, those guys I mentioned, I think Enman's going to, uh, going to draw some ownership. If Sammy Watkins is is healthy, I think he'll definitely draw a lot of ownership. DeMarcus Robinson really the only guy that that's going to be super low owned there, but on on this game, especially on the Saints side, I think Ted Ginn and Keith Kirkwood could really provide a lot of value at a really low price this week.
0: All right, very good. Um pass catchers, we're looking at Michael Thomas. Here's here's an interesting name that came back last week and that's teddy Ginn. 4,500 Fandles, mm-hmm. so he's been there, 4,400 DraftKings. Uh, Bridgewater targeted him quite a bit, and he's such an integral part of this offense, especially as a deep threat. Teddy Ginn, I wonder if his, what his ownership's going to be. The price is amazing, but he's also, I, I wonder how many people really know how much action he got last week. Where are you on Teddy Ginn?
1: Well, I love him because that was that was actually week sixteen that he saw 16, the eight right. targets. So he, yeah, so he was gone for what was it? Ten weeks. Came back in week sixteen in a game where they were still they were still playing to win. Only played forty one percent of the snaps, but saw eight targets. Turned those eight targets into five catches of seventy four yards. And then the Saints go to week seventeen, sit their starters. So that really flew under the radar. He doesn't really have anything that that gained momentum going into the playoffs. So now he's going to come into this spot where the last time they played a serious game, an important game, played their starters. He was a really big part of that. And uh, I'm, I really love Ted Ginn as, as a play. Like I mentioned, I, I, I think people are going to be looking to the walk-ins, the Emmons for the, the, the third wide receiver on offense and, and Ginn and Kirkwood to a lesser extent as well. These are two plays that I, I really like. Obviously Michael Thomas is a great value. Actually in my Personal ownership will probably have more Michael Thomas than Tyreek Hill, uh, but we have them rated pretty similarly. Michael Thomas top two value, top two non-running back value on both sides, according to four for four. Um, but back to Keith Kirkwood. Back to that Week 16 game. It was the first time he outsnapped Trey Quan Smith, and Kirkwood's going to line up a, a fair amount against Cravon LeBlanc, who got really who got beat really bad on on some big plays, some double moves last week. So uh, again kirkwoods i'm not going to see crazy high volume but he was was number two wide receiver in terms of snaps in the last game that they played their starters and uh leblanc showed that he could give up some really big plays all
0: right and then on the other side of things uh with the eagles you've got the big name in alshon jeffrey agalor has seen a big uptick in targets with Foles under center there's Zacherts as well don't forget about goddard who stands out to you with the eagles uh I'm going
1: to start with Ertz because he's probably the most notable player in this offense but I'm really only using Ertz as a as a a leverage player as a price pivot he's priced uh, similarly to Ebron on DraftKings, similarly to Kelsey on FanDuel. So I'm just using him to to switch it up there when um I I have a lineup where I, I don't want to keep going heavy on on Chiefs or Colts, but I have that price range for the expensive wide receiver. I'm sorry for the expensive tight end, but he's he's not gonna be one of my core plays. I, I like him uh, a lot less than than Ebron and and Kelsey this week, but Alshon Jeffrey is the one that stands out to me this week. He's going to be playing against uh, Marshawn Lattimore, who shadows. And over the last six weeks of the season, Marshawn Lattimore allowed the most yards per target among cornerbacks in action this week. So Alshon has a nice matchup. Everyone after that, uh, I, I think they're a dart throw just because uh, the the Saints' other cornerbacks did play very well down the stretch. Uh, the other cheap players I mentioned will be my my core plays over the ancillary players. Uh, options in this in this Eagles offense
0: all right uh, Kamara at home 8600 FanDuel he's really running in the passing game 7300 DraftKings and you think he's going to be the chalk of the chalk he'll
1: especially those that are playing the FanDuel Sunday only slate uh he and and Gurley on on the DraftKings slate that's going to be a really interesting thing to see how that plays out I obviously Zeke is is the safest option so I could see Zeke's ownership pushing 50% in um, in big tournaments on DraftKings. Kamara and Gurley, I think the range for ownership is they could flip-flop uh, between who's the second highest owned running back of the week. So the way to kind of plat your flag is I think any owner that believes Gurley can be at least a limited a little bit limited like I said even if it's only down from like 80 percent to 65 to 70 percent of snaps that might be the spot to be way more overweight on Kamara maybe you have Kamara in in 40 or 50 percent of your lineups you only have Gurley in in 15 or 20 percent that's really going to flip it on the field if if you're kind of even and just ping-ponging back and forth here, it's going to be really hard to gain leverage because I, I do think their ownership would be pretty close. So I think the move here, plant your flag on who you like more of Kamara or Gurley and, and go heavily on them over the other one. All
0: right. So let's move down a little bit here and I'll bring uh Darren Sproles back into the conversation again. Very busy. You know, he played for the saints for three seasons. He's going back there. 5,400 Fanduel, 4,400 DraftKings little bit of darren sproles gotta have a little especially on dk
1: yeah he he didn't do much with the touches last week but he saw 15 touches and if he even gets close to that especially on DraftKings, 44 4400 4, on DraftKings, we just don't have another cheap running back with with much of a floor I, I mentioned damian williams he's probably the only other one and and he could easily end up in a timeshare with spencer wares so if I'm using Sproles, it's because I want to get up to another stud. Um, I, I don't love the play. Like I said, he didn't do much with his touches last week, but he's getting the touches at a cheap price. So you have to use that, especially if you really want to load up on studs. It his
0: last NFL game. Any of these games yeah. could be. Uh, Mark Ingram, kind of forgotten man, right? 6,400 Fandle, 5,200 DraftKings, and uh, he will not have nearly the ownership that Kamara is going to have. Uh, this this is ov-
1: obviously just a leverage play. If if I use Ingram, it's not necessarily going to be as a as a low ownership in in a game without uh, some kind of of stack. The way I want to use Ingram is in game stacks in this game as a leverage play against Kamara. I just don't want to throw Ingram into a into a a, a Colts Chiefs game stack because uh, I think that really potentially ruins great lineups. I just want to use him as a way to make unique game stacks here, projected for 20 to 25% lower ownership than Kamara. Over the final month of the season, Kamara had just one more rush inside the 10-yard line than Ingram. Uh, a lot more snaps, a lot more touches than Ingram. Kamara still the main guy here, but scoring opportunities. Ingram Ingram was creeping up down the stretch, and that obviously could, uh, could play a big role in, in determining who scores more.
0: All right, defenses, uh, Saints. I mean, they always stand out. Uh, they've just been they are really been gangbusters since the slow start, first uh, three, four games of the season, but this is an elite defense fantasy wise.
1: Priced up five thousand Fandle, thirty three hundred on DraftKings, but they're they're the biggest favorite of the week. They have the highest adjusted sack rate of the remaining teams. So uh definitely going to be working in some Saints. Obviously they're they're viable in, in any kind of build. If if you are Going big on game stacks and the other games we mentioned you you obviously don't want to play a defense uh in a in a big offensive stack. Saints are a great option there if you're relying on game script, building game stacks that assume Saints are going to be a in a big lead and great game script, uh, really good for that kind of build as well. So uh, Saints probably one of the more versatile in in terms of moving them around your different lineups, but uh, obviously very expensive as well. But they are a core play for me this week.
0: All right, man. Anything uh, else you want to add before we get out of here? And we got one more show coming up next week.
1: Yeah, we got one more show. If you if you still uh, haven't signed up for 4 for 4 and you just want to get a little taster, the price is only $39 to access the site, and with the promo code DFS MVP, you get 25% off. So uh, for for a lot less than maxing out a, a GPP, you can get a taste of what we're doing here and, and play with the lineup generator and all of our other great tools. Uh, if, you, if you want to hear more of us or, or see what we have to say outside of the podcast, you can find both of us on Twitter. I'm at TJ Hernandez. Holden is at Holden Radio. We'll see you guys next week for the final show of the season.